listeners, I'm Z. And I'm Ash. And we're back at it again. Yeah, I bet you thought that we'd given up, that we had like (laughs) quit the podcast, but Ashna and I aren't quitters, are we? Okay, not today, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, one day, but not today. (laughs) So 2021 has now come into play, but it just doesn't feel any different from 2020, Mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. Like... I think subconsciously we all expected the pandemic to just end, but I guess, you know, viruses don't accept time. Yeah, and everyone was like, oh, happy new year. And I'm like, no, just say it's been a year. New year, same shit. Honestly. Anyways, so what have you been up to? How was your New Year's? I mean, we've not spoken in two weeks, which is crazy. We haven't. No, it was like very low-key. I feel like every other New Year's I've like done something big. And like, you know how there's like pressure to like, oh, gotta meet everyone. And like wear your New Year's like fancy, like really nice dress. Mm -hmm. This year was so low-key. I just had like a girl's night with my best friend. Just she and I getting drunk watching movies and sleeping like any other sleepover oh that was so cute best way to end the year because i feel like no one was in the mood to like celebrate like yeah everyone just did their own low-key thing which i appreciate i had like some very last minute invites to things that were like on the other side of town Mm. and i'm like nah i'm a south bombay bitch i'm not crossing (laughs) the bridge on new year's (laughs) But New Year's was a bit hectic for me because my friend got married like on the third. So there were wedding functions around that time. Yes. Yeah. Dude, the pictures, first of all, so gorgeous. When you see anyone your age like getting married, I feel like it really hits you. Like all of us knew she was going to get married. But then seeing the pictures and like seeing how happy she looks like just amazing but yeah please go on dude it was so lovely and indian weddings are always amazing but Mm -hmm. she had a function on the 31st and then another one on the first so it was just Mm -hmm. a bit hectic so i decided you know what i'm gonna spend new year's just me and kiara my dog (laughs) chilling at home and my sister went out but then she came home way earlier than i expected and she was just not happy with her new year's so we decided you know what let's just watch some tv Mm. And we watched uh, like a mini documentary on the rise and fall of Lindsay Lohan on um, YouTube. (laughs) And it was actually so well done and so interesting. And I was like, you know what? It would be so wild if we did something similar, but like for Kareena Kapoor or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. So that's like a potential thing we could do. Anyways, so that was my New Year's plans. And, you know, I spent the first, second and third focused on this wedding. And it was so crazy to see someone I love get married and start like a new life. And it was really exciting to be a part of it. Mm. Right after the wedding, I got home and I had to pack a suitcase because the next day at like 6 a.m. I had to go on a flight to Jaipur. And then from Jaipur, I went to Ranthambore National Park where I was really excited to see tigers like the Mm. night before I packed this huge camera and the camera actually was like seven kilos (laughs) so it was making my bag overweight so I had to like carry it in my like strolling onto the plane and yeah it was just really nice to get away from Bombay I feel like sometimes we don't realize that Bombay is just so chaotic and you know we're we're used to like this natural noise of like taxis and horns blaring as being a part of Bombay's ambience but Mm. to get away from it was just really great you know dude honestly also the air I feel is so important like Bombay air has become so shit the second you step out and like take a deep breath in 
and it's mm-hmm. like clean you just feel so much better like i feel like that place automatically just becomes better yeah also just being surrounded by trees and wilderness and yeah. not concrete structures it's yeah it's amazing yeah and like i guess it's just like so poetic no like everyone just by default becomes like philosophical and like you romanticize the nature and like you know just immerse yourself in it yeah it's a good feeling I was kind of mad though and of course of course we need to complain because that's all we do in this podcast <laughs> but let me just drop some knowledge so in the winters there's only a 30% chance of seeing a tiger plus the day before i came it rained so that meant that tigers had left the area to go to higher grounds mm-hmm. and they usually wouldn't come back for like 10 days and i was only there for 3 days so the chances of me seeing a tiger were pretty low but i was like you know what positive attitude because tigers respond well to positivity i guess <laughs> on top of all of that i found out that tigers are extremely territorial so female tigers usually had like a little bit of a smaller territory of like 20 30 square kilometers and then males would have like 50 60 square kilometers because stupid man why not so sometimes a male and female's territory would overlap but but never like two female tigers sharing one territory mm-hmm. so every day i basically went to a different zone and it was all sheer luck whether i saw a tiger or not and i was with a group of with other people and they went to different zones and every day one jeep or the other would come back and be like oh we saw tigers in our zones Aww. and eventually i realized that i was the only like person with my mom and like two other people who had not seen a tiger the entire trip like everyone got to see a tiger at some point or the other oh shit and i just got really annoyed and by the final safari i was so hopeful that i'd see a tiger and i just didn't see one and i was getting really annoyed and i was like oh, you know what i'm seeing so many deer now that the only time i want to see a deer again is if it's locked in mm-hmm. the jaws of a tiger <laughs> but alas i didn't see a single tiger so i guess i have to go back because you know i'm going to fucking see a tiger it's part of my bucket list now <laughs> Oh god, maybe it just wasn't meant to be. Next time though. Did you at least like spot people from like Bombay and like famous people because I feel like everyone was there. Dude, so I was staying at a different resort, but the day before I came, there was Deepika, Alia, Ranbir and Ranveer at the Aman Hotel. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Mom, we need to go to the Aman Hotel just for like lunch." But <laughs> the Aman Hotel is so like classy that there are only 10 mm-hmm. rooms and not even rooms, 10 tents, like mm-hmm. luxury glam tents. So there are only 10 tents in the whole resort, so that means only like 20 people can be there at a time. So basically these celebrities are like booked it out for New Year's. So the day after they left I went there and I took like cute photos there because my mom managed to like get us in using some pull mm. <laughs> and I was like should I post this on Instagram with a caption you know didn't spot any tigers but spotted a wild ranbir kapoor to her honestly <laughs> just lie to people they'll believe me mm. yeah bad luck though like I would have been happy to see no tigers yeah. but to have seen ranbir singing but mm, I don't have any luck that way please don't become a stalker though oh, no no but I live in the same city as them and I don't care if I see them on the streets but then i'm like go out of town and i'm like oh now i have to see them <laughs> <laughs> no it's that thing no like when you leave like your home and your city and you like see someone mildly like familiar you just like hold on to them dude i was on a group with like 30 bombay people <laughs> <laughs> okay fair <laughs> 
yeah so that was my trip but yeah sounds like fun though yeah it was nice but what have you been up to i know you recently started your new job how's that been <sighs> so i have been working nothing interesting Woo! but like part of life i guess and you know when like i feel like you first start working like your first full-time job like this is not an internship like you have like real responsibilities and i've just been like i guess learning to like manage those and also like learning to juggle i guess because i'm doing my postgrad as well at the same time and then there's so many other things like you want to still maintain the social life because a lot of my friends still aren't employed and they're chilling and i have major fomo sometimes so it's just been learning how to juggle and trying to like be responsible you know oh i totally get that and also can i just say the fomo is so real but then i feel like <laughs> what you're doing is so good because you have a very concrete path like this is a stepping stone yeah. to maybe one day having your own gallery or maybe having your own work in a gallery you Dude, know honestly honestly and i wasn't even planning on working right now because i was like okay let me finish studying but this situation was so godfather like i just couldn't refuse this job so i was like okay and now it's just everything all at once you know how we were like overwhelmed during like our board exams because we'd have like sats and like you know essays for uni yeah. also like i had my portfolio and studying i don't i feel like i haven't been as busy till well yeah, see. see i can't talk <laughs> I'm so tired. I just want to cry. I don't honestly. Okay, being a woman, I feel like we're just gonna have to learn how to juggle a lot more. And it fucking sucks, right? Because we do want the men in our lives to like take responsibility like 50-50. And I feel like we wouldn't settle for less. Yeah. But just to be realistic, like being a woman, you do have like that double burden, don't you? Yeah. Like especially when like we have kids as well. Like, like can just, you imagine yeah. even like running a household and like making decisions of what like you know the family is gonna eat tomorrow or where the car needs to be? It's just it's a lot, honestly. And the I feel like for me personally, I'd marry someone that would divide this fifty fifty. You know, like we both take responsibility, but then I don't. Shit gets complicated, though. You know what I feel like? I feel like to an extent, men don't understand the extent of like energy and time needed to yeah. run a household and do these tasks because they were never like brought up with the expectation that exactly. this is something they'd one day have to do. Whereas. I don't know, I feel like there were really subtle cues and sometimes even more explicit, like, cues that this is yes. what we need to, like, <laughs> take into account. Like, men don't have to think about that when they decide what job they want to do. You know Absolutely what I mean? Absolutely not. No, and it fucking sucks. Like, it's not even a factor. And look, here, you and I are debating about it. Yeah, and you know, like, during COVID, it's this ongoing joke, I guess, that, you know, when people ask the men, like, oh, what have you done during COVID? Like, how many, like you know dishes have you washed and housework have you done and i'm like bro it's a fucking life skill like why are these men just starting to do it because they're at home you know like mm -hmm. oh, i hate it i hate fucking it. patriarchy but you know i feel like i notice this in myself also like sometimes even though both my parents work i'll still call for my mom for certain things like mom what's there for dinner versus like dad what's there for dinner yeah do you know what i mean like 
it's just put into our heads also like you call for your mom if anything like if you're sick you're just like mom i'm feeling unwell what do i do exactly and it's not like my dad wouldn't help out or like you know doesn't take responsibility as well but it's just like i don't know so like in the subconscious like it's just etched in there like call for mom and then we're yeah. going to be those moms and it's just oh but also it's like would your dad be able to provide the quality of like help you require yeah he would he would and like he has like if my mom's busy or has work or anything he has but mm-hmm. i'd still like knowing that call out for mom you know yeah how's it for you though uh i don't know i feel like there's so much stuff that my mom and i have in common like when it comes to, like skincare like if i have like a pimple and i'm like oh what do i do uh, okay. i'm going to go to my mom okay. i'm not going to go to my dad but also my dad doesn't live in india yeah. so <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Okay, fair. But you know something else that I've realized? Mm. I don't know. I feel like sometimes when I'm on my period, I just have really bad cramps and like you know, just rationalizing that I have to be a put together person yeah. who has to go into work wearing like fitted cute clothes when my stomach is dying. It just it doesn't sound like fun, but then also as a woman you can't complain and be like, "Oh, I'm feeling sick" because men already assume that you're weak for having your period mm. and needing like time off for that. Yeah. Which so to an extent it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you need to suck it up and deal with the pain but if you choose not to and be like oh i'm so sorry i'm feeling sick then people are like oh see it's the time of month again yeah this is why you don't hire women dude honestly and sometimes i feel this happens from women also like they just have that like trauma that they hold within them that they just feel it necessary to put down other women also Like I know a lot of women will be like no but like you don't need a day off like we're not weak we can like deal with it you know what i mean which mm-hmm. they feel that right in their own way but like don't put other women down like this is natural it is okay like we don't have to be warriors we don't have to fight you know every single month just for something that's so bloody basic very true but i think the bihar government has given like two days leave right to like women menstruating like they can pick any two days yeah and even zomato is giving its female employees period leave now which i really like and i think should be more widely mm. implemented you know dude it's so fucking normal dude if a man felt that sort of pain he wouldn't even bother to like call oh, like i'm God. not coming in yeah. today like sorry to put down the male gender but like uh it's annoying uh. but <laughs> no but seriously though like it's just it's a lot that we have to deal with and then if we yeah. like complain about it then we're seen as weak and yeah it's very frustrating honestly and like i feel like we still feel like we're young but like if we look around us like you just said like someone our age your friend just got married which has like so many new responsibilities and like we're at that age and shit is going to change so quick and we want everything i feel like it's so hard for us to compromise and yeah. if we want to be able to do everything like have a family manage a house and work it's so much harder than a lot of women let on and you know i hope at least our generation can like share that burden and not feel like we have to pull through because it is our responsibility like we want to have all let's hope we can get people around us to like help with that you know exactly 
And also, I feel like nowadays I have a newfound respect for housewives mm. because I'm realizing just how much effort it takes to really like wrangle a household together. And it's tough work. It is. And it's bloody monotonous as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like you give your life doing the same thing every single day so that people around you are happy and have what they need. Like. It's a hard life. It's not easy at all. Yeah, and it's kind of like you take care of everyone in your household, you know, grandparents, husband, children, but who's taking care of mm, you? Exactly. Wait, how has this conversation gone from New Year's to a major lecture in feminism so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's go back to what we're good at. Have you seen any good movies or TV shows? <laughs> <laughs> dude okay so coolie number one let me just get it out of the way wait wait wait! what the fuck you actually watched that i made it 10 minutes only 10 minutes and i bounced <laughs> i just couldn't do it i was like okay like you know those leave your brains behind I've not seen it. so could you just walk me through the first 10 minutes for context no it's not worth it i will not waste <laughs> any more seconds on the podcast oh my god like i love you sarah i love varun but no i just couldn't and i love trash films you know me i love trash i actually found a really funny tweet uh-huh. coolie number one premiered on amazon on 25th december it only took 14 mm-hmm. days for varun Dhawan to bring down the world's richest person yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i die like i can't believe it's actually that bad i mean surely at that point you're actively putting in an effort to make it that terrible you know yeah that's so true (laughs) (sighs) anyways um guess what i've been watching what have you been watching bridgerton oh i just i finished it oh yes see we're on the same (laughs) wavelength we don't even need to talk to each other nowadays when it comes to like these movie reviews we just watch the same stuff honestly it's done so well though like some 66 million households have watched it which is mad dude the duke of hastings actually pretty cute so hot dude like his character everything yeah he was so cute oh loved it he made the show amazing i honestly don't understand how some people had problems with the show how okay how do you feel about like there being a black queen oh i loved it like honestly shonda rhimes the show's creator just knows how to find really good actors and i really enjoyed the diversity in the cast Mm -hmm. yeah so when it comes to queen charlotte being cast as like a black character Everyone was just a, actually I don't I say everyone but I really just mean white supremacy Twitter was just like oh it's not historically accurate mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm not here for the historical accuracy I'm here for the romance babe yeah. you're focusing on the wrong <laughs> things if you're really like so upset that black characters and brown characters were cast so true so true there was one part that actually like stood out to me mm-hmm. usually when it comes to these like blind castings it's never really addressed like Hamilton never really addressed it I think Mm. but in this series in Bridgerton there was this one scene where the Duke of Hastings's mother figure basically said you know all of this has basically only happened because the king fell in love with yes. one of our people. Yes. And that's why we all have power. And I'm like, ooh, yeah. you addressed it. I honestly, I was waiting for some sort of acknowledgement. Because although it's not important to people like us who probably understand, 
I mm-hmm. feel like there's so many people that still just like don't get it um and are just like so ignorant um I was just I was waiting for something and they fucking nailed it they completely nailed it like hats off to Shonda Rhimes she also did Grey's Anatomy so she knows what she's doing when it comes to diversity but let's just go back to that one powerful scene in Bridgerton that explained why there were people of color in the queen's court and why the queen was black Essentially, Lady Danbury and the Duke of Hastings were having a conversation and Lady Danbury said, love is so powerful. A white king fell in love with a black woman, made her queen, and then she gave us power and now there are people of color in high rankings in the court. Yeah. And she basically said, look, love conquers all and it can help overcome all this racial oppression. But then the Duke of Hastings disagreed and said, no. This is just a temporary power, you know? It can be snatched away as easily as it was given to us. So that one scene just showed so many different sides of an argument. Which is so real. Like, that's the reality of it. Exactly. This year has just shown that, like, amplified it and how. Yeah, I really liked that about the show. I like the show in general, in fact. I can't wait for season two to come out. You know, also, I've been watching a lot of movies these days that are based on Shakespeare's plays. Like, I watched Mm -hmm. 10 Things I Hate About You last week, and then last night I watched She's the Man. Both are, like, modern movies, but they're actually based on Shakespeare's stories. Yes. So, you've watched She's the Man, right? The Amanda Bynes movie where she loves to play football. Yeah. So, that movie is actually based on The Twelfth Night by Shakespeare, and then 10 Things I Hate About You, the movie with Heath Ledger, it's actually based on Taming of the Shrew. There are actually like a few subtle cues. So maybe we can like go and rewatch those movies and like pick up on that. Like I'm always down to rewatch them. Even though I hated Shakespeare in school, those movies are the best. I'm first of all getting like PTSD right now, like English lit studying Shakespeare. And I'm just thinking like, do you think Shakespeare is meant to be studied? by like us here in India like I get it it's like a colonial like residue but why the fuck are we still studying Shakespeare I don't think Shakespeare needs to be studied by people living anywhere because if Mm. it's called English class but the English you're reading is not the same English as you speak (laughs) what's the point oh god so true you know actually we Mm. brought this up to my professor in school in Mm -hmm. Bombay and he was just kind of like you know what you're right let's not do Shakespeare And instead, he was like, you know, Shakespeare actually ripped off a lot of his stories. So we're going to read the story that inspired the story that inspired one of Shakespeare's stories Ah. from 12th century in Old English and old spelled with an E, like O-L-D-E. Like that's how old it was. (laughs) And it was such a difficult text to interpret. I might as well have been studying Latin. So Ah. I had to download an audiobook version that was like, halfway in between that English and the English we speak like Shakespeare's English kind of yeah and I would annotate it line by line and basically like have to like interpret what it meant so I was like translating the book and then I'd go and be like oh this means this and the professor was just like wow look Zara knows her shit she can understand old English great when the reality was I was just cheating oh you're just like a fucking vampire don't lie to me (laughs) don't lie you're gonna Edward Cullen the shit like I mean, mm. I'm 102. There you have it. Ashna's like my Pedo. secret. <laughs> what the fuck? Asha? Why are you talking to me? Get away. 
<laughs> oh god yeah edward was a pretty big pedophile <laughs> and yet we were obsessed with him bloody no comment bro <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why why we always go back to like Twilight? That's because we're twenty two year olds who are obsessed with a piece of fiction that we read as teenagers. It's a fucking comfort zone. Anyway, how to One day yeah. should mm. we just rewatch the first Twilight movie and minute by minute scrutinize it? I'd be so down. Honestly. I'm actually very down for that. Like I can come over to your house, I can sneak you into my building saying you're a hairdresser or like an electrician or doctor <laughs> or something. Electrician, really? <laughs> Dude, why not? I believe in you, Ashna. You can be an electrician if you'd studied hard enough. I'd yeah, fuck it up can, so like... bad. I'd probably die of like a shock or something. <laughs> oh my god. And then my lights won't work. Shit. <laughs> Double <laughs> sadness. Dude, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, God. minute by minute scrutinization of Twilight. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm so down for that. But honestly, though, I've felt the need to like not use my brain outside of work. Like, I am so done with intellectual talk during the day that I just want, like, shit at night, you know? Like, the dumbest shit possible, I'll eat it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, (laughs) Twilight sounds good. Oh, dude, speaking of eating shit, when I was at Ranthambore, this girl told me a horror story, which she claims is, like, 100% true when it happened to her friend's friend. Okay. Do you want to hear it? Please. It's kind of disturbing because it's like a horror story. Wait, let me let me switch on some lights. Hold on. Okay. Okay, go on. It's a horror story though, so I'm actually like warning you. Okay. So it's like a dating horror story though, so it's kind of funny, but also like uh, scary. Um. So there was this girl, and she was like a very like prim and proper like Delhi, Bombay, London kind of girl, mm. and she was studying in London. And she had never had a boyfriend. She was like 21. And her friends were just like, look, mm. you know, time to start dating. It's the 21st century. Get on Tinder. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So she got on all the apps, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she actually found one guy that she liked. And he was like cute and sweet. And he came from like a good background. And he was studying at a very good school in London. So she was like, you know what? Actually ticks all of my boxes. Mm-hmm. So she was like, okay why don't we just like meet up for um like lunch or something and he was like yeah that sounds amazing actually so then she went and met him and he was even better in person which kind of shocked uh-huh. her because you know usually first time dating app you don't have such good luck mm. so she was very happy and she had her friends kind of like be like oh text us if there's an emergency and you need to like come home and she was like no it's all good and then things went very well and he was like why don't you actually come back to my house? I have a really nice bottle of wine. And she was like, okay, yeah, sure. She didn't know how this like works. So she just went. And then suddenly her stomach started Mm. to rumble a little bit and she just felt really uneasy. And she was like, oh, I have to go home. But then she realized that like the pressure was building and she had to like, you know, use his bathroom. Mm-hmm. And also, like, all her friends were just like, babe, don't use, like, his bathroom. This is, like, the first date. But she was like, whatever. So mm. she went. She did the big job in his bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and then she tried to flush. And nothing happened. <gasps> and she, like, started to flush again and again and again. And nothing was going on. So she was just kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do. So she was messaging her friends. And her friends were just like, 
look, you really like him. He really likes you. This might ruin things. But if you leave and don't say anything, it's going to ruin things for sure. Just tell him the truth. Yeah. So she told him that and he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. This sometimes does happen. Don't worry. I'll just like get a plunger and I'll fix it and I'll be back. <laughs> so he got a plunger and he went into the toilet and she was like burning <laughs> off embarrassment. <laughs> and Laughing. then, yeah, and uh, you're going to regret saying that, but okay. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then she was just really like stressed and he was in the toilet and then he spent five minutes there, 10 minutes there. She was starting to burn and she was like, oh my God, what have I done? And then, mm. you know, 15 minutes went by, 20 minutes went by and then she was getting concerned. So then she was like, what do I do? Should I just call an Uber and leave? So she mm. started to call an Uber. Uber was like seven minutes away and she was like, oh, I should just tell him I'm going. And she like knocked on the door and was like, oh, I'm going, but she didn't hear anything. So then she got concerned and was like, what if he actually needs like medical help or something's gone wrong? Yeah, yeah. And she opened the door and she found him by the toilet bowl eating her shit. <gasps> what yeah and she freaked and he tried to like i don't know what he did but like she ran out of the door ran away went back to like her house and she started crying and she told her friends and then slowly as the weeks turned by her friends did digging turns out he had put laxatives in her drink at lunch (gasps) and he had like a fetish and this is what he would do to girls like he would bring them over and he liked like the fresh poop and that's how he like got his rocks off (laughs) <laughs> right i'm i uh, oh <laughs> and like i was just like no way this is true but like two girls were then they both like confirmed it and they were like yeah it's happened mad. to this girl and like oh my god like that, that was like his fetish dude okay i'm not one to like judge fetishes but if like you're drugging someone as part of your fetish fetish has to be consensual you know? yeah that's clearly not consensual like you can't use her shit and like fucking drug her what the fuck i know right but here's my question for you do you think part of his fetish was the fact that she had no idea that it was his fetish (gasps) and that she was embarrassed oh my god probably and that she was like waiting there yeah and that he was doing this like i was like oh my god like imagine if you meet like your dream guy and you're like everything i could want is him and then suddenly like this happens and you see him with that in his mouth oh my god also by the way i just want to point out i was told the story while eating dinner (laughs) safe to say i didn't finish guess what i have for dinner today (laughs) just guess (laughs) pao bhaji no i have chole brown it's like constipated no stop it Asha. okay please <laughs> so these are like the rumors that i have heard so if, yeah if you're not living in bombay which a lot of our audience isn't then welcome to bombay these are the kind of stories <laughs> and gossip i hear dude next episode can we just do it on some like mad mad stories and gossip Dude, I feel like we need to, but then also I feel like if we speak about the people we know, we're not going to be friends with them anymore. Okay, okay. So this is like, I don't know this girl. It's a friend of a friend of a friend. So like when I heard it, it was three people removed, you know? Ah, but I'm okay. sure I'll run into her sometime and she'll be like, ah, oh, that's the bitch on the podcast who like told oh, my damn, story. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but gossip is meant for everyone, you know? I suppose. Well, if you're listening to us, this girl, please stay strong and dude, where's traumatized? Yeah. Like, what if it's just like an urban legend? Dude, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't God. know. Like the kind of conviction I was told the story with, I am inclined to believe it. Damn, honestly. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Another reason why you shouldn't use dating apps. Like, yeah, of course, there's the main reasons that he's a creep, he's a murderer, psycho. But like, this is also pretty fucked. Yeah. It's up there. Yeah. You really have to like vet the people you meet. I don't know. Scary, scary. Scary stuff. And on that happy note, goodbye, everyone. Have a lovely meal. <laughs> what a shitty note. Zara. <laughs> No, it's a happy one. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> this has truly just been like a typical Mitem episode. So we'll be back with some more insane content. Mm-hmm.